The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you today. I've uh, really enjoyed listening to some of the speakers this um, semester so far and really blessed by the, the, the verse that has been selected for this year, the Psalm 25-4. Show me the right, sorry, make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. And then I was just reading a different version of it, which is show me the right path, O Lord, and point out the road for me to follow. And I was, as I was considering that verse, that is our verse to focus on this year, it's like, how does that actually look in our lives? How do we live that out? Especially when you're navigating things that are hard. Um, my husband and I are navigating a really challenging situation. And so what is it like to navigate that when sometimes and serve and lead in the midst of heartbreak? Um, so I wanted to share a little bit about that because uh, you guys are all a lot younger than I am. But years ago, there used to be a program called Extreme Makeover. Anyone heard of that? <laughs> okay, so you guys know that. And what was the famous saying in Extreme Ape? Move that bus. <laughs> so what you notice in that program is that there is, um, you know, you get a team together over like seven days, they completely demolish and renovate a home, right? And then the family comes back, they wanna see what is what, um, the outcome. And the team, they're so excited. And they say, move that bus. And then there's just celebration and like coming together that is so exciting and um, so rewarding. Um, but what happens when you invest all of your resources, your time, your talent, um, your treasure, collaborative efforts with people who um, you know love the Lord and love you? Um, and you want to say to the Lord, oh Lord, move that bus. And yet the bus is not moving according to our timetable. We're called to wait on the Lord. We're call called to lean on him um, for a time and times. And I don't know about you, but we can be tempted to maybe think things about God that are not true. God's, God is good and his goodness is always impacting the story of my life. Even when I don't sense it and I don't feel it. Um, so one of the speakers this year was talking about our thoughts, right? And we all know that there's a direct correlation between like so, social media use and anxiety and depression. Um, some other thing that, that to keep in mind that I consider is when you look at what we've gone through, and I know we've talked about the pandemic ad nauseum, but it still very much has an impact on us. And our 100% pre-pandemic is not our 100% today. So what do our reserves look like? now and what does it mean to 
be mindful and have times of pause where you allow God to really refresh and replenish and fill your spirit. So we're going to talk about some resources on that. Um, as I mentioned, my husband and I are navigating something really challenging. And so part of, for us, part of asking God to show us his way is how do we lean on one another so that the things that are without serve to bring us, draw us closer to God and closer to one another. And we were reading through a devotional uh, called Daily Strength for Couples. And it was a lot of it was based on Exodus 34, 6. And it talked about the qualities of a reliable partner. Um, 34, 6 reads, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, sorry, abounding in love and faithfulness. So um, before I became a believer, I, I didn't realize how much in the Old Testament we're reminded of God's strength and that is demonstrated in kindness. So these qualities that are that God demonstrates to us, we can grab hold of, right? So the qualities in a reliable spouse are grace, that, that make for a reliable spouse are grace, compassion, being slow to anger, abounding in love, and abounding in faithfulness. And God is all of those things to us, and we need to be reminded of those things. Um, when I asked, uh, Dean Swift to read that passage, one of the things that is important to call to mind is that in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, it says, do not worry. That is an imperative. That is a command. It's not a suggestion. And yet that can be hard when you're dealing with things that are very challenging. Um, our feelings follow our thoughts. So what does God call us to do? He calls us to think about what we're thinking about and to think the thoughts of God. And that takes time and effort over time. Uh, I remember when I first became a believer when I was 18, I lived in the Bronx in New York and the church that I attended was in Brooklyn, about two hours away. So over two trains and a bus every Sunday, I was I had my, my word open, and I was memorizing scripture and filling my mind with the truth. And back then it was um, King James, so all of my memory of scripture is still in King James English. <laughs> I have to remind myself, let's speak. Um, and, and it made a difference because when I'm going through challenging times, those scriptures are there. It's, there's a reservoir. And unless we engage and have that time, that's what leads to resilience. That's what helps us to bounce back. How many of you realize that God wants us to dedicate our mental health and wellness to him? That part of our consecration to God is dedicating the life of our mind to him. Um, Matthew 6, 28, 30 talks about um, God's yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? So what are those routines of living? And, and I want to 
just define the word resilience. So resilience is one definition. It's defined as the ability to adapt and move forward after a stressful situation. It's the psychological quality that people who have experienced uh, a traumatic event to heal emotionally and continue to move toward their goals. So what in scripture, like what helps us to move towards resilience? And I'd like to read, uh, Dean Swift read the ESV, I'd actually like to read the message version of Matthew 2830. It's, it reads, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And you know, you look at that passage and it says, come to me all you who labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And then it says, take my yoke upon you. Does anyone like, feel like there's a juxtaposition there that he says, come to me and I will give you rest and yet take my yoke upon you. When I think of taking a yoke upon me, that seems like you know, you're putting something in your back sack to carry, like something heavy or some kind of burden. And yet, when you dig a little deeper and understand the literary or historical context of that verse, when Jesus invites us to take his yoke, uh, you, back in that time, in that agrarian culture, um, when you yoked an ox into another ox, it was, they all, always put a more mature, like older ox with a newer one. Because if you had two young, new to the process, they would constantly butt heads and move in different directions. And so when God invites us to take his yoke, he's inviting us to fall in step with him, to allow his strength to lead and guide us through the dailiness of life, through the things that are hard, through the things that are easy. And he is experienced in everything that we've gone through. So taking his yoke upon is actually allowing someone who has our best interest in heart and loves us more than anything to lead us. So when you consider that, what does that, what that looks like, um, bear that in mind. So another thing that I wanted to talk about is just the, the whole attribute of consecration. We don't often talk about it. And what is it, what are we consecrating in our lives to the Lord? Um, we had a, uh, one of the faculty talk some years ago about functional atheism, that we identify as Christians, but we don't necessarily dig deep into God's word and apply it to our own lives. And, and being a follower of Christ is not for the faint of heart because you are yielding and saying, God, search my heart, um, reveal to me those things that are not of you. And and power, give me the power to, um, to change. And God, only the Holy Spirit can help us 
really experience change. So consecration is officially promising to give one's time and attention to something. Consecration is the act of dedicating something to God, sanctifying it, and making it holy. So I have a, a, one thing I wondered, everyone in here probably has used social media to some degree. And when you think about it, there's so often like social media become, becomes a consecration instead of like having consecrated time for God. So one of my challenges for you today is to give yourself a time, a period of time of fasting from social media. And you might be surprised what comes in as a result, what you hear from God, how he anchors you, and how he strengthens you in your mind and spirit as a result of that. Whether it's you choose the time, whether it's a day or a week, but there is just something to being still and quiet before God and experiencing solitude that brings resilience and health and refreshing. So again, God calls us to not worry. You know, he talks to us in Psalm 139 about searching our hearts to remove any anxious thoughts. Um, he tells us, he encourages us to buy the truth and sell it not, right? So if our feelings follow, follow our thoughts, it, is, it behooves us to change our thoughts. And sometimes you might say, well, how do I change my thoughts? Um, by simply like taking a moment and saying, okay, this is, what am I experiencing right now? You ever have a conversation with someone, you're having a great day, and you walk away from that conversation and sound, suddenly your spirit is downcast or you're feeling down and you don't know why. So it's important to think about what happened in that experience of interaction and kind of run it through the, the think process or, you know, how true is this? How helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Coming out of Ephesians. And like casting down imaginations and holding only that which is true in our lives. Um, so in order to operate, to actually walk in the path that God has for us to walk, um, it takes intentionality, it takes effort. Um, it takes practicing the presence of God. So one of the kind of follow-ups, action steps I'd like you to think about is what are the asks that you need to be um, incorporating into your daily routine? What do you need to ask of God? And remember, asking God for his input is a command. He talks about that in the Gospel of John that he calls us to ask. And when we ask, you know, for example, if we say, Lord, let your strength and your peace um, govern my heart and my mind. Um, asking about what we hold to is true because there are so many competing narratives and yet there is one true narrative. So praying for us to be able to connect to the true narrative. What do you need to remind yourself of, right? Because the Holy Spirit, that he will remind us and lead us into all truth. And it is the truth that changes us. 
So David encouraged himself in the Lord, and he reminded himself of who he was in God's sight. Um, and I don't know if anyone had talked about this before, but I would really encourage you to go back to um, and read the whole chapter of Psalm 25 of what David was navigating and the pressure and um, challenge and duress that he was under and how he encouraged himself in the Lord in the midst of that. Um, additionally, in terms of reminders, uh, Colossians 1, 27 reminds, reminds us, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of his glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So how often are you walking around reminding yourself of the truth? How are you making room for solitude, for silence, for simplicity in your life, for study of God's word, for prayer, and for sacrificial service and fasting? Yeah, you know, we, we, we need to vet our thinking through the truth of the gospel. How, how are we thinking about tests? You know, when you're feeling stressed about um, exams and the required, the academic rigor that you're a part of now, how are you defining what it, the, the test result means? How does it impact who you are and how are you letting God's story be the primary influencer of who you are? So. I wanted to share a couple of resources with you that I think could be helpful as you look at ways to pause and make time for God to speak into your heart and spirit. Um, one, of those assess one of those resources is actually by an author named John Eldridge, and he wrote a book called Resilient, Restoring Your Weary Soul in These Tur Turbulent Times. And along with that, resource, uh, he actually has, um, his organization has an app called the One Minute Pause that you could um, download on your phone and it is, a, he's actually a counselor as well, um, but has been in ministry for over 30 years and he talks about soul care and filling, infilling with the truth um, and just a time to be quiet. So. It's, it's set up to do, to do twice a day, usually eight to 10 minutes in the morning and in the evening. And it is a way to allow your soul to rest and allow God to speak to your heart and soul. Um, another resource that could be really helpful is called Spiritual Pathways, Nine Ways to Connect with God by Gary Thomas. And it talks about just the unique way that God's wired each of us um, and temp in terms of our temperament. For some of us, music is a way that just kind of takes us right into the throne room of God. For others, being out in nature is a way that we feel most connected with the Lord. Um, for others, it's, it is that, that intellectual piece of like actually studying scripture and reading it and like, um, taking time to study scripture. Um, there's also the, the person who is, who really um, is blessed by solitude. Um, there are those who draw near to God by 
as activists and bringing about social change. All of these things are needed within the body of Christ. So in closing, I'd like to encourage you to, with the busyness of each day, with the heaviness of things that you carry, to take time to pause and um, remember the reason that you're doing what you're doing, the reason that you're here. Uh, there was a song a long time ago by Larnell Harris where he's, he says, how can you serve me when your spirit is empty, that you're so busy doing that your spirit is empty and God desires for us to commune with him so our spirit, our innermost being can be filled with the truth, with love, with compassion, with grace, with beauty. So I invite you to, to take that in and use it as it is helpful. Thank you for your time today.